Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game-Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to help you shake up the status quo in your company's business capabilities and move your organization in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you are absolutely positively in the right place because this is where the best run. Uh, Instead of the buzz quote we usually open with, I am starting with the verbal version of a cartoon I found online. I think you'll all get this quickly. Here's the buzz. Picture this, psychiatrist to patient. You're suffering from a split personality. You're perfect for the hybrid cloud. Let's just leave that at the humor level, and thank you very much for that. So what are we talking about? It's 2019, and you're facing exciting but daunting business challenges. Come on, it's a great time to be in business, but there is so much going on. Listen, you've got to enable an exceptional customer experience because that's what customers want. They're demanding. They're out there. They're multi-channel, cross-channel. They're 24-7. You've got to be where they are, giving them what they want, and seamlessly and consistently. You've also got to uncover new revenue opportunities. Why? Because same old, same old is not going to keep you in business. You've also got to figure out how to leverage next-generation technologies. Come on, you know we're talking about machine learning and Internet of Things and blockchain and on and on. Why? It's time to reinvent your business processes. Same old is not going to cut it. All I can say is, oh my, but there's more. You still need to think about optimizing your IT investments. And here's the bottom line. You need to migrate to the cloud. So how are you going to get there? What are you going to do? We think you should start your cloud journey and what we talked about, what I talked about above digital transformation journey with a hybrid approach. Hence the cartoon about your suffering from a split personality, you're perfect for the hybrid cloud. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. This is the official debut of season 2019 for our series called Game Changing Business Model Disruption. And the topic today is the future of the digital world. Hybrid with an exclamation point after it. Let me tell you who my special panelists are. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I will then we'll get started. First up, I'm going to be in a moment <clears throat> introducing you to Bradley Knapp. He spells his last name K-N-A-P-P. If you're looking for him, he is the Principal Offering Manager for IBM Cloud for SAP, and we'll hear in a few minutes what he does. Joining him is Klaus Atradovitz. He is a distinguished expert in cloud, IoT, and blockchain at Atos, and we recently had another one of his colleagues on one of our Game Changers shows. So welcome to Klaus. He's a newcomer. And rounding out the panel, not a newcomer, he is part of the sponsorship of this series, is Torsten Leidek, Global VP of Ecosystem SAP Cloud Platform, go-to-market at SAP. So welcome to my three all-distinguished panelists. And let's start out with the quote Bradley Knapp has sent us from Jerry Garcia. Uh, Brad, I lo- Bradley, I'm promising to call you your full name, Bradley. You sent me a, a kind of a tongue-in-cheek. You said Jerry Garcia is a noted 20th, 20th century philosopher. For those of you who are not familiar with him, Jerome John Garcia, 1942-95, to 95, was an American singer-songwriter and guitarist, best known as the lead guitarist and a vocalist with the band The Grateful Dead dead. He was viewed as the spokesperson of the group, but he said he was not. He was with the band for 
their entire 30-year career, and he had a lot of side projects. This uh, quote I'm going to give you is the title of the 1977 album, and it's from the song Truckin'. Here's the quote. What a long, strange trip it's been. Bradley Knapp, we love music quotes. Welcome, and how are you? I'm doing great this morning. How are you, Bonnie? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. So talk to me about this. You're a big fan of Grateful Dead. How did you find this quote? And you have to connect the dots and relate it to our topic for me, please. Absolutely. So so how did I find the quote? I am absolutely a, a Grateful Dead fan. And, and I think it's just, it's a wonderful quote because it's a, it's a great song. The uh, And then the album itself was a fabulous album. But I love it as a uh, as an explanation for, for working in the, in the world of tech because it is a long, strange trip. And so very specifically, when you, when you talk about like where we've started and what we've gone through and where we are today, so if you go back into the early, early days of implementing technology in business, you, know, you go all the way back to the mainframe and time-sharing on a mainframe, and then these crazy people rolled out this nonsense called client-server, and everybody was like, oh, this is, this is the game-changing technology. This is what we're going back to. We're going to go to client-server. And then we've moved from client server. Uh, we had ded- dedicated physical servers with dumb clients to servers with smart clients to dedicated servers to virtualized servers, and we're actually almost coming back where we've we've expanded out and we've decentralized, and that we're recentralizing into this new world that we call cloud, where everything is consumed as a service. And in a way, it feels kind of like the uh, the time sharing that we started off with in the 70s and 80s. So it is a long, strange trip with a, uh, a history of innovation and accidentally stumbling across the next great thing by accident. Very, very interesting. Long, strange trip. Uh, it, it, it actually is kind of a musical ride. I appreciate the look back. And I don't know if I told you, Bradley, when we met on our prep call recently that I'm a programmer from back in the day. Did I tell you that? No, no. All right. Here we go. The mainframe days, we're talking um, late 1970s. We're talking a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 running COBOL and carrying around the card deck that I key punched. Does that take us back in time or what, Bradley? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Nothing is more exciting than compiling off your cards. That's, that's right. And then eventually I moved to an IBM 4341 and a PL1 uh, system. And that those are the days where the computer room was as big as a warehouse. And they had tiles on the floor and they pulled them up with this magnet, like a double-headed mag- magnetic thing. They pulled them up and the computers had all kinds of blinking lights and they were very tall machines. And when I was studying, when I was learning, I had to climb up on a step stool to put the disc, disc pack in the drive and with both hands it was that big and that heavy so oh yes i remember the days very well and it indeed has been a long strange trip and here we are in the era of cloud bradley knapp we're so happy to have you here on the show and looking forward to learning so much from you so thank you for kicking off this portion of the show and stay tuned we're going to pick up a lot more from you and now let me move just a little bit around the table to klaus odra davis 
from Atos and Klaus has sent us a quote from Buzz Lightyear, a fictional character in the Toy Story movie franchise. He's a toy space ranger superhero and an action figure along with Sheriff Woody. He's one of the two lead character in all three Toy Story movies. And the first appearance was in 1995 and it goes on and on and on. Here is the quote. This is a good one. Four words. Listen up. To infinity and beyond. Klaus, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm great, and it's actually uh, afternoon for me, and um, actually very interesting how Bradley and you took me to uh, time travel, which perhaps fits uh, somewhat to the Bloodlier <laughs> story. Um, I think it also relates uh, uh, the, the two infinity step uh, part also be um, relates to uh, what you mentioned before, Bradley, with a long, strange trip, uh, and I think we all can feel this story, how we work, um, for instance, on the shop floor, optimize our environments to do the tightest latency, um, to have security requirements or to work on customer applications, uh, provide the best cloud uh, multi-channel um, experiences. And um, I picked this um, quote from last night here because uh, what I believe hybrid means for us is we've all been on this journey optimizing our applications, our landscapes, either for the shop floor or for the cloud, but mm -hmm. uh, there is a beyond. Uh, if you if you if you try to look beyond the capabilities, you only get in cloud environments, or beyond the uh, capabilities you get in uh, on-premises or private environments. Um, you reach beyond opportunities, uh, making end-to-end -end scenarios happening that just don't work um, in, in, in a single silo. Uh, so that's a little bit the story um, why I picked uh, To Infinity and Beyond and also the, the very, very enthusiastic, uh, if you ever listened to it, if you ever watched it, the enthusiastic mm -hmm. way Buzz uh, is, is pushing that um, headline. Thank you, Klaus. Very interesting quote. We love mu movie and music quotes because they're really out in left field, and that's how we let our audience know how creative and engaging our panelists are, which you always are. Klaus, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think that uh, there is anybody in the business world, in our listening audience globally, who doesn't know what hybrid cloud is? Do you think we need a definition? Do you think it's pretty much out there by now? Oh, I think, um, to be honest, if you ask uh, 50 people about their definitions, what cloud is and uh, perhaps what hybrid cloud is, you will get um, perhaps 50 different um, um, uh, opinions. Uh, um, uh, hybrid cloud, essentially, for me, is where you um, um, take and use the capability of what hyperscalers that we all know of, uh, the public cloud providers, um, can give you, and if you bridge that, the hybrid pieces where you're offering the same kind of flexibility, the same kind of platform as a services in a more controlled environment. And that can happen mm -hmm. because you are in the middle of nowhere. There's not the connectivity you have to the hyperscalers. That can happen because you are in a very, very uh, tight regulation where um, um, either your government or your uh, federal drugs administration or some other regulation would say this kind of information cannot be shared on the public cloud. Uh, 
So mm-hmm. you can use the same technologies, you would use platform as a service, but you can use it in a more controlled private environment or even on uh, implementations. For instance, it needs to be close to a factory, which can happen on-premises. Now, it's the same cloud philosophy, platform as a service, Kubernetes, for Foundry, what have you, um, but in a controlled environment. Thank you very much. When we finish with Torsten's quote, which is coming up next, Torsten, I'm giving you a fair warning here. We'll go around the table and find out what, you know, Torsten, I'll ask you after your quote, what your definition is, the standard definition. If there is one, as Klaus mentioned, there may be different interpretations of what hybrid is. And Bradley, then we'll come around and ask you. I want to make sure everybody weighs in on this. Torsten Laddick at SAP has sent us a quote from Lao Tzu. Literally, the name means old master, also called Lao Tzu, T-Z-U-T-S-U-T-Z-E, an ancient Chinese philosopher and writer. He was reputedly the author of the Tao Te Ching, the founder of philosophical Taoism and a deity in religious Taoism and traditional Chinese religions, and he is semi-legendary. Okay, so, and actually people have portrayed him as a 6th century BC contemporary of Confucius, but we don't know for sure. Here's the quote. Do the difficult things while they are easy, and do the great things while they are small. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. Torsten Leidick, welcome back. How have you been? Very good. How are you doing, Bonnie? I'm very well. Thank you very much. I'm on a, I'm on Skype today because having a lot of internet issues. I wish I, I, I wish it was easier, but it's some days it's just not. So talk to me about doing the difficult things and the great things in relation to our topic about hybrid cloud and digital transformation. Go ahead, Torsten. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So yeah, when we look, you know, what are customers are telling us and what are the challenges which they face currently in the environment of digital, the digital economy. It's really, you know, how to get started, you know, how to basically embark onto the digital journey and kick off the digital transformation and how to move to the cloud without disrupting, obviously, existing processes and the existing IT environment. And on the other hand, there's a lot of pressure from other companies who move into specific industries and disrupt existing business models. So companies have to adapt and have to become unique again and build different shader to really compete in this environment. And then there are all those kind of new technologies which have been already referred to, like machine learning, blockchain, IoT, big data. So there's obviously a big amount of activities and challenges ahead of those customers, but you know, you cannot take a very simple approach step by step. You know, you keep what you have. Most of the customers are not digital native, or most of the mm-hmm. customers are not digitally native. They have an existing environment, which is usually, to a large extent, still on-premise. And then you can add either single solutions, uh, start with single solutions and the LOP space around HR, around spend management in the cloud, or you extend your existing environment, like... Um, the existing environment, leveraging platform, as Klaus was referring to, like platform as a service environment, where you extend mm-hmm. certain capabilities or just update the UX. So this is the single step. So you don't have to transform your entire landscape right away. You can mm-hmm. do step by step. And this is also where the hybrid approach kicks in because you can combine on-premise environments with cloud, both public and private. 
Thank you very much. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you think that there is anything easy about this, Torsten, to, to be honest about this transformation? Do the difficult things while they're easy? Are we talking about a time frame of a company saying, yes, we understand we need to move to the cloud because of all the things I mentioned in my opening, Torsten? Do you think that there is an easy time anymore or is it going to be a big undertaking if we're being completely transparent about this? What's your thought about that? Well, again, I think it really takes about your approach. You know, there are a couple of low-hanging foods, which could be easy steps where you don't disrupt your existing landscapes, where you can mm-hmm. get experience with those new technologies like machine learning or artificial intelligence, which you can just embed into what you have today. You know, and obviously you can leverage some of those cloud capabilities as a complementary setup and don't disrupt your what we call a digital core environment. So I think there's still a couple of low-hanging fruits where you can really have quickly success and which are relatively easy, you know, to kick off and get started. Of course, in if you really move along the longer journey, you know, things become more complex and it's a large transformational project. So I'm not saying that the entire journey is simple, but I think there's a couple of low-hanging fruits where you can really get success very quickly. Good. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Let me circle around to Bradley Knapp. Bradley, please chime in on this. Thoughts about, well, we talked about the long, strange trip and to infinity and ba- and beyond, but uh, what is your definition? If somebody walked up to you at a party and said, Bradley Knapp, I hear you understand what hybrid cloud is. What would you tell them? So I, I, I think, at least from from my perspective, when, when, you, when you're talking about hybrid cloud, the idea is to uh, be able to consume the features and benefits of cloud, so that as a service billing model, the on-demand availability, uh, you know, whatever features it is that you're looking for in the delivery method that makes the best sense for you. And so from a delivery method perspective, that could be a uh, an on-premises private cloud, that could be a hosted private cloud, a virtual private cloud, a public cloud consumed from one of the major hyperscaler vendors, a public cloud consumed from a, uh, uh, a regional cloud vendor, and the combined the combination of all of those different methods of delivery to solve your very specific problems, right? Because every company, every business is going to have its own unique set of challenges, its own unique set of security requirements, uh, things around data isolation, data integrity, data residency laws. All of those components all feed into the problem set that you mm-hmm. then go out and you say, okay, so we have these defined problems, right? I have data that can't leave the country that it's generated in. I have data that can leave the country it's generated in. I already have existing data center space uh, where we own the data center in the United States, but I have all this data that can't leave Europe. I have data in Europe that can't leave the borders of Germany. Mm. I have data in Canada that can't leave the borders of Canada. And so you have all of these different competing interests, and hybrid is the way to effectively solve those problems, right? So if you have a a data processing uh, program, how do you run that? What what is your deployment model so that you don't run afoul of various legal requirements? Or from data storage perspective, how do you ensure that your data storage is complying with all the legal requirements, not just for personal data, but also for regulatory data, right? So if you have 
a, a company that operates in multiple countries, they're obviously going to have some sort of regulatory data that has to be kept uh, for each individual country, and every individual country is going to have its own rules and requirements around that. Or it may be as simple as uh, I have an existing investment in infrastructure that's running uh, in my data center today, and I want to find a way to make it act like cloud, like a public cloud, so that it's easier for all of my various uh, business stakeholders, developers, uh, all of those people to interact with that hardware to where I'm not physically assigning machines to individual groups and all that. I want them to have the same kind of cloud experience that they would as if they took their purchasing card and went out and created a, a, a public cloud account. So it's it's really it's the ability for me, hybrid cloud is the ability to blend all of the different pieces of an IT ecosystem into that cloud consumable model in a way that solves your very specific business needs. Thank you very much. I'm learning a lot, and I know that our listeners are too. Bradley, while I have you here, this is time for the up-close and personal part of the show. So I have three questions for you. We'd like to get to know you a little bit better. So Bradley Knapp at IBM, number one, where are you calling from? Where in the world? Just a general general uh, geographic location. Number two, what's your favorite drink in the whole world that keeps you smiling and happy and really, really smart? Because we know you are. And number three, tell us about your role, please. Sure, absolutely. So I'm um, talking with everybody today from my office here in Dallas, Texas, uh, right next to uh, 635 in the tollway, looking out, looking out the windows over all of the traffic, folks rushing to, to work and to appointments and all those good things. Uh, what's in the cup? What am I drinking right now? I have uh, a new deep abiding love of uh, of some interesting Zinfandels, some interesting uh, bourbon barrel aged Zinfandels that I'm kind of working my way through here. So trying them through one at a time, um, and I don't I don't know that I have a favorite. Uh, okay, two or three that are that are competing uh, for what are my favorites, but. I don't know that it's fair to call one out in specific. I will tell you, though, that if you like deep, rich, wonderful, hearty red wines uh, with a little something extra to them, finding finding one of those uh, Zinfandels, a California Zinfandel that has had some aging done in former bourbon casks is a great way to start an evening. Well, that's a good recommendation. Thank you very much. And now tell us about your role. Sure, absolutely. So I am the uh, the principal offering manager here at IBM Cloud. Uh, that Culver's our SAP certified infrastructure and our SAP certified ecosystem. So I I run the teams here that uh, do all of the work in cooperation with our partners at SAP and cooperation with all of our uh, our hardware vendors and our software vendors and our operating systems vendors to ensure that we uh, we have the platform, the best possible platform that we can design, implement, and deploy for enterprises to uh, deploy their, their SAP ecosystems and SAP landscapes. Thank you very much. Real pleasure to have you on the show, Bradley. As I said, learning a lot from you. And now let's move slightly around the table to Klaus Atradovitz at Atos. And Klaus, same three questions. Where in the world are you today? What do you love to drink? We are open to recommendations. And what is your role at Atos? 
All right. Uh, I'm actually, um, it's 4.30. It's in the afternoon. I'm in Germany, in uh, part of the uh, country where I'm living at the eastmost part where the old mining region was, which is called the Ruhrgebiet, uh, which is uh, just bounded to uh, what is called the Münsterland, an area which is very, very countryside. So a little bit uh, at the border between two different uh, kind of the weather's beautiful at this point in time, much too warm for February. Um, but looking up out of my window, I'm enjoying the, oh, must have been the fourth or sixth uh, coffee of the day. And uh, coffee means <laughs> uh, something that is special to each and every time, uh, starting with, of course, a cappuccino, but in the afternoon, uh, or an espresso after lunch. But in the afternoon, it's uh, actually more coffee and less milk. Uh, so it's uh, double, um, double. Espresso doppio macchiato, Christ. Um, uh, and I think there will be two more on the way before I close for the day. Uh, Ooh. To get off all that <laughs> To get off all of that caffeine, I will enjoy. Um, actually, I guess uh, uh, either a Spanish Rioja uh, red wine or uh, uh, Chilean uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, finishing with a, with a single malt uh, whiskey on the Isle of Islay. Um, so I try to be as pure as possible, coffee, red wine, and, uh, uh, well, the, the, the closer, the downer of the day, the, the, the whiskey at the end. Um, <laughs> that's not the overall healthiest choice, but it keeps Well, but awake. it's fun. And I'd like to um, yes. actually you ask about what I'm doing. Um, yes. So I'm actually, uh, as you notice, my role is to see the expert, is how it's called. Uh, and I'm working with customers on the one hand side uh, uh, to define, develop, think about um, corporate uh, application, but also um, infrastructure and platform landscapes. And uh, this is where the topic hybrid comes up very, very often. As Bradley mm -hmm. explained, uh, very, very clearly the uh, reasons, the rationals, the benefits of a hybrid cloud platform in real life, uh, large enterprises, specifically if they're geographically distributed, uh, they have to take options. Uh, some can only work um, um, within uh, or on-premises. Some uh, regulators can only use Chinese cloud providers. Others prefer um, American ones. So... Mm. Um, in terms of working with our customers on cloud platforms, uh, hybrid becomes really the prevalent solution because um, the real world is hybrid. It gives us different types of requirements. Yeah. And uh, the solutions we build in terms of the landscapes should support that reality in the most painless uh, fashion, if I may call it this way. Uh, so it's not either or. You find a way to effectively have something that combines uh, all the possible options. Now, similarly, I've also been working with um, IoT landscapes. That's why I was talking about, for instance, this example of shop floor or remote factories that are somewhere where you don't have the connectivity and uh, you need to connect these factories uh, with a corporate backend. It's not enough to figure out a part, an IoT part is going to fail with 73% probability in four days. Uh, you need to go back to the mothership. You need to look up, is there a spare part available? Do I have a support contract? Do I have 
uh, a field service team that I can send out. Uh, and this combination of something that may run in a corporate backend in the cloud, may run in a factory, uh, in a remote system, in an on-premises system, effectively building a hybrid strategy that makes these talk to each other is, um, I think, key to the digitalization and the transformation we're talking about. And I don't even get started on blockchain, but it has a similar problem <laughs> in different types of real-world scenarios. Thank you very much, Klaus. Very, very interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very. I'm trying to remember who from Atos was on one of our Game Changers shows, but I know it was last week. I have 13 series right now. So, uh, <laughs> oh, Yes, Neil Milliken, Neil that's Milliken. right. And he... He is tweeting. He said, catch my colleague Klaus Atradovitz talking about the future of the digital world with SAP Radio Hybrid. You're absolutely right. I just saw his tweet. Thank you very much. And uh, we've invited him and that panel back for a part two of their topic. So very glad that he was on board and very glad to meet you. And Torsten is waiting so patiently around the other side of the table. Torsten, let's catch up with you. Where are you today? What are you drinking that's really interesting? Anything different from the last few times you've been on? And catch us up with what you're doing right now in your role. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I'm based here in the office, in the SAP office in New York, um, watching over the New York City skyline or the Manhattan skyline, the Empire State Building in front of me, Madison Square Garden below me, so perfect view, nice weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so the drink is different because my son actually left yesterday for a social volunteering project to Tanzania where he is supporting some kids in the kindergarten and driving a women empowerment initiative. And as his gift, he gave me a monkey 47 slow chin. So I was looking up what kind of cocktail I really can create with the monkey 47. And there's really this very famous classic cocktail, the Charlie Chaplin, which is slow gin mixed with lime juice an apricot brandy, some sugar syrup, and an orange twist garnish to that. And all this is then really covered over ice and stirred. So this is what I will have later today. And um, what I'm doing for SAP, I'm here part of the SAP Cloud Platform um, team, driving our ecosystem activities and working with companies like IBM and Atos to um, basically drive innovation and different kind of um, next-gen technologies and value-add scenarios through the ecosystem to our customers. Thank you very much. And I have to tell you that I looked up the Charlie Chaplin cocktail. Torsten, I don't think anybody has ever mentioned it on Game Changers before. Let me just read you a little history. I think Bradley and Klaus will appreciate this. The Charlie Chaplin cocktail was one of the premier drinks of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City before 1920. Torsten, this is vintage. This is historical. Equal mix of lime, apricot brandy, and slow gin. Those of you who don't know, it's S-L-O-E, not S-L-O-W, but maybe you pour it slowly, is documented in the uh, in somebody's history. You may be interested in the cocktail name for one of Chaplin's wives, the Lita or Lita, L-I-T-A, Gray, but that's another story. Thank you, Torsten. You came up with a very, very interesting drink. On that note, I think we're going to take a quick break. So all I'm going to say to my listeners is don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We're talking about an interesting topic. It's 
critical. It's key for enterprises around the world to understand it and decide how you're going to take that journey in your digital transformation. It's not just cloud, it's hybrid cloud. There are many reasons for using it. We're learning very, very deeply with my special panelists today. We have Bradley Knapp at IBM. We have Klaus Atradavis at Atos. And we have Torsten Leidek at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be in the next 90 seconds after the break. So come back and listen to more. We have a lot more to do. Aaron, out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future success of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerating ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business disruption catalysts, new platform business models, agile innovation, a thriving ecosystem, and an API economy are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of business. Game Changing Business Model Disruption is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Game-Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Game-Changing Business Model Disruption. Yes, indeed, here we are. And if you want to learn about what the hybrid cloud is, what it means to your business, to the future and success of your business... This is the place you want to be right now. I'm speaking with three experts. We have Bradley Knapp, K-N-A-P-P at IBM. We have Klaus Audra-Davitz. I'm going to spell his last name, O-T-T-R-A-D-O-V-E-T-Z at Atos and Torsten Leidick at SAP. We're going to do a deep dive into our topic here with some notes here that my panelists sent me before the show. And Bradley Knapp sent me the following. This is very interesting because we want to talk about the people side, not just the tech side. He says, with the move from all Old world IT to cloud, a question he gets all the time from IT engineers is, what are the skill sets I need as an IT engineer to be successful in this new world? Bradley, why don't you clue us in, please? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, th- th- this, is a, this is a pretty common question. You go out and you're, and you're talking to the, uh, the actual engineers, the folks that are getting their hands dirty at the client sites, and, and there's a lot of apprehension around the world of cloud. Folks are looking at it, and they say, and they say what is it going to take uh, in order for me to be able to transition from what I'm doing today, maybe, you know, some systems administration stuff, to be relevant in the cloud world, to be useful, to be necessary? What, uh, what skills do I need to be able to bring the table to uh, to ensure ongoing relevancy, things like that, and I think that this is a really interesting conversation because the answer to it is 
the skills that you have today are the same skills that you need in order to be successful in this hybrid cloud world. There's a lot of apprehension, and, and, I, and I just kind of want to take the opportunity to say the baseline skills you need to be successful in cloud are, are the same ones that you needed to be successful in a, in a physical infrastructure world. And, you know, I always get kind of a shocked look, and so I want to drill into that a little bit because yeah, please. Uh, at its core, public cloud just means some other dude's computer. Private cloud means the computers that you've already got today, and hybrid cloud is taking and combining those two along with all of the other as-a-service uh, offerings that come along with it. But the uh, the core of it, the, the core of, of IT infrastructure really hasn't changed all that much, right? The skill sets that we need uh, around networking are all the same. Uh, as a matter of fact, networking knowledge is becoming more and more important with every passing day because the beauty of hybrid cloud is the ability to connect up all of these uh, on-premise and remote systems. And so being able to do that in a secure manner, in a way that uh, everything uh, can talk to each other, you don't have data loss or, and you don't have loss of packets and flight and all that kind of stuff, uh, but is still done in a secure manner, that hasn't changed, right? Our, our need to secure our data is the same as it is today. And so really I would argue that the, that the skills, the fundamental core skills, the core competencies, they're the same as they've always been. Uh, the benefits of cloud, however, have brought in lots of new skill sets that need to be added, uh, additional arrows into the quiver, if you will. And so if you think about all of those additional assets, you know, what are things that you need to learn about? Uh, the first one is the proliferation of monitoring tools, of cloud monitoring mm -hmm. tools, right? Because when you're running uh, remote systems as well as on-premise systems, uh, and you have all of these different as a service offerings, how do you monitor all of those things? How do you be sure that your environment is up holistically, right? Because you have to look at all of these different pieces that you have uh, patched together in order to form a solution. How do you ensure that all of those are still running? So there's new monitoring skills that need to be learned. There are new, obviously new security skills that need to be learned uh, as far as uh, uh, securing the data, securing the infrastructure, uh, and then also knowing how to work with all of your vendors uh, so that you're updated on any security issues or, or security uh, concerns that they may have. And then the secure hybrid cloud architecture. Right, so this is this is a relatively new skill set. You know, how do we build a, uh, a core architecture in a way that we don't uh, have to worry uh, about security, about data integrity, to ensure mm -hmm. that you have the right levels of authentication, the right levels of segmentation. So there, there are new security skills to be learned. There's new monitoring skills to be learned. Uh, and then obviously, uh, if you're a, a systems administrator, it's time to start digging into APIs because the the uh, day of you know direct command line is is becoming less important. Uh, in the world of cloud, everything is about API access, right? Is the RESTful API? What kind of API is it? How do you interact with it? How do you authenticate with it? Uh, and the ability for all of these as-a-service offerings to talk with your 
core applications, but also with one another, right? So going out and learning some uh, some skills in middleware is obviously going to be important. But I guess the, the key message is that the, the, for, the core fundamental competencies of IT really haven't changed. You just have to be willing to go out and learn uh, a handful of new skills in order to ensure that your career is going to continue down the right trajectory, right? But I wouldn't view... Uh, cloud is being a threat. Nobody's nobody's jobs are going to go away wholesale because of the implementation of cloud. Uh, really, it's just a shift in your responsibilities. So rather than uh, uh, being in charge of infrastructure from the top to the bottom, uh, you know, where you've got to be sure that the electricity that's running to it is running through the right kinds of backups and the right UPSs, and you know, you've got the right power switches and PDUs in the rack. Now you're going to outsource that work to allow you to focus on the higher level requirements. So rather than worrying about is the power getting there, what you need to worry about is, is the environment up and running? If it's not, what's gone wrong? How do we remediate for it? How do we plan to make sure that it never happens again? Thank you very much, Bradley. Great information. And I'm sure that the IT engineers listening around the world or people who know them are saying, that's a relief. I appreciate that. Let's see what Klaus has to say. Klaus Davitz at Atos. Klaus, agree or disagree with what Bradley sh- oh. just shared with us? I, dis- uh, <laughs> I, I do agree um, uh, uh, to an extent, but, 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 but. Mm-hmm. I think the shift towards the developers is more fundamental. Huh? I'm 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 okay with uh, all the statements on you need to continue to do what you've done before, but um, cloud also opens up uh, requirement for for new skills on top of what you used to what you need to require, uh, what you what you need to provide. Um, so uh, one thing that comes into mind, cloud with uh, uh, dynamic service models and also with uh, as a services features like a uh, relational database or farms of web servers or application servers, uh, much, much, much uh, drive many of the development teams to, to real integrated DevOps kind of um, uh, team setups and also DevOps continuous integration, continuous development processes. Uh, so that's a cultural change in um, removing this split between traditional development and operations teams, it really has to come together and the requirements and the capabilities of the cloud uh, lead you to much more um, agile development in in a very, very positive sense. And um, the capabilities, the services that Bradley described that the cloud is providing, like this application farm, messaging services, databases on demand, um, um, and the, the type of applications you build very often also lead to a different way you architecture applications. Uh, so many of you will have heard uh, the, the microservices paradigm and the way on how you build applications um, that um, follow this uh, it's technique, it's called uh, 12-factor architectures. Um, um, so the way development teams are built, the way services uh, are consumed from the cloud is moving from infrastructure to platform services, the way applications are built is going to go much more towards the microservices, uh, and uh, Bradley mentioned the REST APIs, this is, this is 
part of it. And um, um, if you, for instance, take uh, SAP as an example, uh, what, what, what before where you had interface tables or uh, specific calls into the application, now um, um, the back-end systems are starting to expose APIs with these microservices, so it becomes much easier to develop new functionality to implement new business processes, combining microservice APIs that you get from your package vendors like SAP, uh, applications you build yourself. And um, I think it's an interesting uh, and, and a little bit game-changing different way on how developers have to approach cloud development, not only focusing on the infrastructure provides the same level of quality, security, and everything, but the cloud also provides an additional layer of platform as a service that changes the way teams are working together, changes the way applications are built, and uh, very, very specifically distributed or hybrid applications between the different worlds can be implemented. Thank you, Klaus. Very, very interesting. And Torsten Leidig at SAP, let's get you in on this. Torsten, we had a slight, not a disagreement, but a, an additional layer of information in a different direction from Klaus on top of what Bradley at IBM said. So, Torsten, where are you on all of this? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the requirements, right, you have basically a different set of capabilities which need to be addressed. You have on the one hand side really infrastructure layer, you have still the on-premise environment, you have cloud environments which needs to be connected, you have usually platforms and platform as a service technologies which are basically uh, representing this kind of connective tissue. Um, with what goes along with that, that you have quite a few new set of requirements, more on the application and also on the process level. For example, you have to address those uh, new technologies um, around machine learning, around um, IoT blockchain, but you also have, you know, the concept of what Klaus was referring to, IPAs, management, and, um, and microservices. So the way how solutions and business processes are being designed is quite different. You have those new technologies which are coming in, and you also have a much larger uh, portion of open source technologies um, which are a bit different in terms of how you set them up from a DevOps perspective. So while I would agree that cloud is not a threat from an, you know, for the traditional IT engineer because it's obviously from an operational perspective, you know, similar to from uh, what you do in terms of non-premise environment which you manage uh, from a business process design perspective, from an application design perspective, as well as how business processes are being orchestrated and accordingly applications are being built. It's quite different. And for that reason, you also need to address this with the according capabilities and skills which have to be built out and which have to be added to the traditional, um, usually, resource setup. Thank you, Torsten. Bradley, you started this, and we're almost at our predictions round, so I think we've covered a lot of area on this topic. Bradley, anything you want to say to your co-panelists about, just very briefly, I can give you about 60 seconds before, before we're ready for your prediction, but Bradley, anything you want to say back to Klaus or uh, to Torsten about what they added to the topic? Well, no, I think I think the uh, the important distinction uh, to to keep in mind is that uh, when you talk with folks uh, in the in the world of tech in the world of IT, 
there have previously been very segmented roles, right? You, you work in, in hardware architecture, systems administration, or in a peer development role or in a peer operations role. And, and I think the thing to keep in mind is that as these roles begin to collapse into one another, like Klaus talked about moving into the DevOps model, right, where your developers mm-hmm. maintain operational control as well as their developmental responsibilities. Uh, the, the additional skill sets that you bring on board, all of those additional arrows in the quiver, uh, and moving, moving into those, you know, agile development methodologies from, from whatever you're using today, you can't, uh, abandon, uh, all of the things that you know, uh, just to gain speed and gain agility, right? You, you don't want to, uh, get rid of the secure engineering and secure design principles that have been the, the core of our IT industry for the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, you don't want to sacrifice those at the pedestal of getting a product out the door faster because there, there's nothing more terrifying than the thought of moving to a, uh, a microservices model or a, or a DevOps model where you're giving up the, uh, the inherent security that comes along with, uh, with older styles. You know, you've still got to hit all of your security reviews and all that. So I guess it's, it's, uh, it's something to keep in mind uh, that they're – becomes a point where sacrificing uh, sacrificing security for agility, you kind of got to throw the brakes on and ask ask the hard conversations, have the hard questions on what are we giving up uh, in order to move to this DevOps model, and is there maybe a way to uh, slow down a little bit and incorporate all of those uh, components, all the security components, review components, uh, along with uh, moving into the new world. Thank you, Bradley. I need to move you, speaking of moving, I need to move you quickly into our predictions round. We call it the crystal ball, and I'm going to give you really 60 seconds here because I need to hear from the other two panelists. We're almost out of time. So, Bradley, take a look into the future from your position, your perch at IBM, and looking down and out at the cloud hybrid world and business model disruption. And what do you think will change significantly with excitement or enthusiasm or I don't know what kind of news it will bring, but what will change about this whole move to, to hybrid between now and let's say 2025? Pick any time you want in that time frame and 60 seconds, go. All right. So between now and 2025, I think we're going to see a consolidation uh, in the plethora of, uh, of hybrid cloud offerings that allow you to bridge on-premise and public cloud uh, services and products today. Right now, there's a tremendous amount of product in the market, HCI offerings coming from the hardware vendors, software-only offerings coming from software vendors, new virtualization technologies. I think that we're going to we're going to enter ourselves relatively quickly into a consolidation phase where the enterprise is going to say, all right, there's a massive suite available today. It's time for us to start centralizing on a handful of technologies. We've just got too much available today. It's time to start saying, okay, our go-forward strategy is going to be based on technology A that is available from vendors A through G. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, Klaus Atradavitz at Atos, I've got 60 seconds for you. What's your prediction, please? Well, I follow um, a little bit uh, the way that uh, Bradley has put it. Um, in 2025, we're not going to talk about this or that or whatever kind of uh, specific hybrid cloud platform. We're talking about 
platform as a service, uh, what are mm-hmm. the services that we are going to consume across the different implementations. It's not going to be important whether it's on Amazon, Azure, SAP, or in your own data center. Uh, likely, uh, I can make that prediction, one of the winners is going to be, I'm going to deliver my services towards Kubernetes and all the associated services. So it's a very specific technical prediction, but these container platform as a service that are capable to run on multiple type of infrastructures and allow implementation of distributed applications and also following an end-to-end business process for a consistent set of implementations regardless of infrastructure and regardless whether you're in a corporate environment or in your what's so-called a differentiating, differentiating IT, that is where I firmly believe uh, the whole space is going to move towards. Thank you very much. And Torsten, you can wrap. Go ahead. Okay, Torsten, 60 seconds. That's all we got. Go ahead. Okay. So I think clearly, you know, the the future is hybrid, right? I mean, you know, I think what, what we will see is that companies become intelligent enterprise, and what does it mean is really that they will build out from a solution landscape pretty much integrated modular hybrid capable application elements, which are provided and connected via open APIs and are based on a digital platform, which really allows them to integrate and orchestrate the data in a consistent way. And this is obviously spanning really across all the different deployment scenarios, cloud on-premise, cloud private, cloud public, and on-premise. And from a user experience, it will be really not really matter for the customer because there will be a consistent experience layer across Thank you very much, Torsten. I want to thank Torsten for putting together this wonderful panel. I want to thank our listeners, and I want to thank uh, Aaron Keller at the Business Channel team on World Talk Radio for getting us on the air and keeping us there. I have certainly learned a lot. Our topic today was future of the digital world hybrid. There you go. So here's my call to action. Listen up. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? It's going to be an interesting ride to the hybrid cloud. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Bradley Knapp at IBM, just like Klaus Ostradovitz at Atos, and just like Torsten Leidig at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great one. I'll be back in one hour at 12 noon here, Eastern Time, on the Business Channel with the new version of our long-running series called Think Big, Work Small with game changers focused on small business, SMEs, SMBs, and we've changed the name to Game Changing Revenue Growth. So tune in and hear what we have to talk about the new modern B2B buyer. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Business Model Disruption. The best run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.